Hi, I'm Joe. I hope you're all well. I'm going to be your host for this podcast, which I'm calling Unlocking Shakespeare's Verse for Performance. Some of you may think Shakespeare is boring, or you may love it, but there's one thing for sure, and that is getting to grips with performing Shakespeare is a bit like running with weights. Once you've taken it on, your other acting can feel freer and more informed by what you've learned through performing Shakespeare. That's essentially because Shakespeare's great skill was to explore pretty much every human emotion that we know, and to connect his verse writing to the human heartbeat. So what can be more pure to perform than that? Try not to let the language put you off. Embrace it. Explore it. I was in a performance of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream a long time ago at Derby Playhouse as a professional actor, and a group of us were really struggling with a scene. So we used a copy of York Notes, you may have seen these in your other studies, to guide us. We needed help to understand something. And that's okay, because Shakespeare can be complicated but who wants easy? The other thing to remember is when it comes to Shakespeare, no one person has all the answers. It's all up for grabs. It was written over 400 years ago, so let's own it now, enjoy it, and have fun performing it. Okay, here goes. So, to accompany this podcast, you should have received two attachments one containing the famous dagger speech from Macbeth, and a second containing three speeches from Romeo and Juliet, which you hopefully watched the Globe version of quite recently in one of the other resources which was sent out to you. So now might be the time to print off these documents or go and get them if you've already done so, as I'm about to start working through some thoughts for the Macbeth speech. So perhaps pause the podcast here and I'll give you a moment to go and get those documents. Okay, welcome back. So we're going to mainly focus on the Macbeth speech, and then, if you like, you can apply the same techniques to one or all of the Romeo and Juliet speeches and try it out on those. If you have the Macbeth speech in front of you, The version of the text that I have here is taken from a copy of the Good Audition Guides, which is a nice series of Shakespeare audition books which you could check out if you fancied. They're edited by Luke Dixon and published by Nick Hearn Books if you wanted to take a look. Now here's a very important point. Be really careful when finding your Shakespeare text. As well as the version I have here, I'd advise using versions published by Arden or Penguin as some of the cut and paste versions on the internet are formatted in a strange way and won't help you much when you're trying to understand the rhythm or flow of your speech. So the nice thing we have in this version that you can see is quite a quick way to understand the context of what is going on in this part of the story and five really useful questions to consider when approaching any character speech really. So let's take a moment to go through these now. Okay, so the first question is who? Who is this character? Here, it's Macbeth, 
a general in King Duncan's army. Where? Where is the speech taking place? A room in Macbeth's castle in Inverness, Scotland. Although some might argue that Macbeth is on his way to Duncan's chamber, so perhaps the speech is taking place in a corridor on the journey towards the chamber. Well, that's something to ponder, something to make a choice about. Who else is there? Well, Macbeth is alone. Now, this is important, as this is a soliloquy, and a soliloquy is the act of speaking one's thoughts aloud. So here, the audience are let into the thoughts going on in the character's mind. What is happening? Well, the witches have prophesied that Macbeth will become King of Scotland. In league with his wife, he is on his way to kill King Duncan, who is a guest in his castle, and so attain his crown. As he goes to Duncan's room, Macbeth sees an imaginary dagger. What to think about? We need to picture the dagger. What it looks like. Where is it? And whether and how it moves. Decide whether when it reappears, the dagger is in the same place, or does it pop up elsewhere? Macbeth doubts his own sanity and wonders if the dagger is a vision of his troubled mind. His mood changes when he hears the bell and springs into action. Decide how his resolution shows itself physically and vocally. Now this is interesting because here you can really use the text to help you. Because we have a rhyming couplet at the end. Hear it not, Duncan, for it is a knell that summons thee to heaven or to hell. It's like an EastEnders dun 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 moment. The roller coaster format Beth has really set off. Now, a knell is a bell that tolls at funerals. And you can see this from the glossary that's provided with this version. But any words you don't understand, make sure you find out what they mean. A good website for this is shakespeareswords.com. So, those are your questions. Now we're going to move on to having a little look in detail at the structure of the speech and some of the clues that Shakespeare gave us in the way that he wrote this speech. Great, so now to the speech itself and the way it is structured to help us understand what the character is thinking and perhaps most importantly, how they are feeling. What clues does Shakespeare give us? Well, verse is poetry, as opposed to prose, which is what you might call everyday language. And when Shakespeare was writing poetry, he wrote in lines of ten syllables. Now, an easy way to count syllables in a word, so how many times do you hear A-E-I-O-U as a separate sound, is to clap them out. So, for example, separate would be three syllables. Now, Shakespeare, as we know, was a pretty skilled writer and poet, and when he chose not to write a verse line in ten syllables, he did it for a reason. So, the standard metre is ten. You've probably heard of iambic pentameter before, which is a collection of five metrical feet consisting of two syllables, where you stress one short and one long. Now, we're not so concerned about the stresses right now. We're looking for the clues in the amount of syllables Shakespeare has written to find the emotional heartbeat of the speech. Right, enough chat. Let's give it a go. So, what I'd like you to do is take the speech 
and down the right hand side of the speech you'll see I've drawn five vertical lines to form columns and I've written at the top of these the numbers 9, 10, 11 and 12. In these columns you're going to mark an X for the number of syllables that you count in each line. So for example, is this a dagger which I see before me would be 11. Line two, the handle toward my hand come let me clutch thee would be 12. So straight away we have something. We know that the standard form is 10 syllables, but here we open with an 11 and a 12. Why? Well, we probably know why, because Macbeth thinks he can see a dagger floating in front of him, and he's asking himself, what should he do about it? It also gives the actor a clue, perhaps to reach out and clutch the dagger. Clutch thee being the extra two syllables. The handle toward my hand, come, let me clutch thee, could be an example of how you might play that line. Okay, so now you're gonna have a go. Count the syllables. Mark the X's in the columns. Then, using a ruler, join up all the X's. This should create, essentially, a heart rate monitor or an emotional map for your character. You can see it clearer if you rotate your page to the right. I'll let you get on with that now and see what you discover. Welcome back. I hope you found that a useful tool. There is a sneaky six syllable line in there. If you count the lines, it's line nine. That's this which now I draw. The reason for this is that Shakespeare is giving the actor a stage direction for the character to draw their dagger using the remaining four syllables. This is a somewhat crude example as it's an action, something physically to do. But remember, Shakespeare's actors had to direct themselves, essentially. So Shakespeare put these clues in for them. Doesn't mean you have to do it, but there are many other examples in Shakespeare's verse where the lines have fewer syllables for the actor to take a pause, to reflect or consider. Then we have the lines of more than 10 syllables, which are to express something more. The pulse literally quickens a memory of something, an ache, a pain, a flash of excitement. As an actor, this feels really exciting to me, the emotional journey that you're trying to take your audience on. So what happens in the verse if each line in a speech is just 10 syllables? Does that mean nothing's going on? No, it just means that the character is likely to be perhaps in a clearer state of thinking at that point. And later on in the play, it's quite likely that this will change. They won't always just have the 10 syllables. And Shakespeare changed his practice where some plays have 10 quite consistently and some move around in different counts. But if this is the case for your character, that they're consistently speaking the 10 syllables, then play that. That's how they're feeling at that time. That's the message that they're trying to convey to the other characters in the play and to their audience. So now it's your turn to have a go with one or all three of the Romeo and Juliet speeches. 
I've had a go applying the emotional map technique to them all and I found some interesting things to delve deeper into. So see how you get on. I guess something to remember is that this is just one technique to apply to add to all of the other things you might think about in your approach to the text. Try asking the five questions to these speeches like we did for the Macbeth speech. Try the emotional mapping and bring it all together with your own interpretation of the character. But remember in Shakespeare, the text is everything. It's all there for you to use to your advantage. Don't be scared of it. Embrace it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found this a useful resource to use going forward. Take care. See ya.